Okay, well, let's pray and um, get into the word of God. Father God, we come before you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for this privilege and the opportunity we have to hear from you, Lord. Lord, we ask you for eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts that are open and receptive. Holy Spirit, give us revelation knowledge. Speak through me. Anoint me. Let this word come out freely, unhindered, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would reveal to us things that we have not seen before and even things that we have seen before. We ask that you make it more clear, make it more real to us than it ever has been. And we purpose not to just be a hearer of the word, but to be a doer of your word in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Uh, Go to Hebrews chapter six, please. Hebrews chapter six. We're on a series that we started called, anybody remember what the name of it is? The Key to Hope Fulfilled. The Key to Hope Fulfilled. We've been on this for uh, some time now. The Key to Hope Fulfilled. Hebrews 6, verse 10. Um. And starting in verse 10, reading from the New King James Version, it says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. That you do not become sluggish or lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, he's saying here in the the same way that these saints were diligent in their labor of love towards the saints. He's saying that the writer of Hebrews is saying that that is the same type of diligence that you are to have until the end. And until what they're expecting, they're now experiencing or they uh, what they're expecting, they'll experience that they have the same diligence. And I believe he's talking about in here, if you look at the context and the Hebrews, um, what they were going through as far as some of them were looking at going back, abandoning the, the faith because of persecution and things. Uh, and I believe in this context, he's talking about to their uh being diligent to the end, persevering until their full redemption of their salvation, of our salvation is fulfilled. You know, right now we only have a part, uh, a deposit, an earnest of our redemption. I mean, we're, we're fully, we're saved. We're going to heaven where our sins are completely forgiven, but there's still death in this earth. And that's the last enemy that we'll be saved from. There's still death. There's still curse. And so there will be a day day where we experience our full redemption, where we are no longer dealing with death. We're no longer dealing with the curse. Man, glory to God. That will be amazing. That will be awesome. And, you know, right now we only see in part. We see through a glass darkly, the Bible talks about. We, we don't see everything. We only know in part, you know. So there, there, there are things that we still deal with on this earth that we will be completely saved from, that we'll be completely <laughs> done away with. We won't have to deal with them anymore. But until then, 
we have to persevere. We have to persist. We have to be diligent and to exceed till we see what we're hoping for come to pass and what we're expecting. We're expecting to meet him. We're expecting to be with our Lord and Savior for eternity. But until then, we're persisting. And this principle of diligence applies to other areas of our Christian walk as well. I mean, he's using it to them. He's telling them, hey, just like you're diligent, he says, what does he say? Show the same diligence. You guys see that? He says in verse 11, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. Well, what does that mean? Just like you're showing diligence in your love and labor of love and ministering to the saints, you're doing that diligently. You're, you're diligently you know, laboring uh, and, and, and loving the saints, ministering to the saints. Well, in that way that you're doing that, you need to have diligence over here as well. You need to have diligence in this area as well, okay? And so this principle of diligence and persevering and persisting is what we've been talking about, that we need to have diligence. If we're not diligent, we're not going to see the things that we are expecting happen, right? We're not going to see the things that we are expecting. They're not going to be fully realized if we don't have any diligence, Amen? amen? Now, We talked about in the previous weeks the connection between being spiritual and being diligent, right? Spiritual people are diligent people. When you are growing spiritually, you are growing to be more diligent. And the opposite is true that if you are carnal, you are becoming more lazy. You're becoming more lazy spiritually. You're becoming more lazy naturally. You know, when you think about it, if you are fleshing out, <laughs> you just, man, I'm fleshing out. What does that mean? You are just yielding to whatever your flesh wants to do. You are just giving in to whatever your flesh wants to do. And you are not being uh, spiritual. You are being carnal, right? If you're giving into, giving into your flesh and you let your guard down, you let things in that you wouldn't have let in before, you're doing things that you wouldn't have done before because you are not being spiritual, you are not being diligent, you are not on guard, you are not doing what you should be doing, what spiritual people should be doing. So we talked about that. We talked about the lazy man makes excuses. You guys remember that? We talked about, uh, you know, the lazy man always has a reason why they can't get up, why they can't go to work, why they're not able to put their hand to something. And it's, you know, it, there's a line in the street or um, there's r- different reasons and excuses that they have all the time. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. And we talked about being diligent is having zeal. You guys remember some of the definitions of diligence? Diligence is persevere, is, uh, is um, zeal, is passionate. What else? Early. What else? Speedily, earnestly. These are definitions. You guys remember those? These are definitions of diligent, to do it wholly, completely. You're not just doing it halfway. You're doing it fully, okay? 
and with zeal, with speed, with passion. And we talked about that, that we need to be passionate about the things of God. That when we do things for the Lord, we're not doing it, you know, like, oh, whatever. Who cares? It's just for God. Why does God even really care? No, we are doing it with passion. We are doing it with zeal, more zeal than we do anything else in our lives. We are doing the things of God with passion and with zeal. And then we talked about last time that um, we are doing things not for man's, but not for men, but for the Lord. We are not doing things as unto men to please men. We're not just doing things on the job only when our boss is looking. Oh, oh, the boss man's there. You better get to work, you know, get to work. Here he comes. All scatter real quick. You know, I've seen that before where you everybody's huddled up and then all of a sudden the director walks in, you know, the department or whatever. And everybody, oh, everybody walks, walks away real fast, pretends they were doing something else or whatever. No, that's not being diligent. You know, why do you need to change? If you're doing what you were doing to the Lord, you just would keep doing what you were doing. And so we're talking about doing things unto the Lord. And, um, you know, diligence, being spiritual, walking by faith, that does not mean that we don't look at the natural. That does not mean that we just ignore reality, that we hide from it and we don't look at it. See, that's not being spiritual. That's not walking by faith. Being spiritual actually means you look at it dead in the eye. You see it, but you are not going to let that move you. You are not going to, you don't, you see the problem, you see the obstacle, but you are choosing to believe what God said. You are choosing to believe the word of God. And because of that, you are going to walk by faith. You are going to act out your faith in that area. Well, you know, being spiritual is not just hiding from something like, no, no, I I don't want to look at that. No, no. No, of course, when something is coming to you that's contrary to the word of God, you see it, but you are choosing not to dwell on it. You are choosing not to focus on that. You are choosing not to believe that. But that doesn't mean that you just act like it never existed. You guys see the difference? That doesn't mean that you just act like, no, there's no problems. And you, you, we got a, a, a whole church culture that thinks that way, that there are things going on in our world. There are things that are happening, but they just ignore it. You know, there's evil people out there. They're trying to deceive. There's people with agendas. There's, there are, there's a lot of wrong things going on. And some of the church just wants to ignore it and just pretend that it's not going on. Well, that doesn't make it go away just because you're pretending. No, you know, when you're really walking by faith, you see it, but you are not, doesn't mean you have to let it in you. That doesn't mean that you have to get depressed about it. That doesn't mean that you have to be sad about it and discouraged about it. No, you still believe, hey, we have a good father. We are victorious ones. In the end, we win. In the end, we triumph no matter what is going on out here. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, that's real. And we need to um, address it with the word of God. But I am not going to allow that to get in me. I'm not going to allow the discouragement of the world, the fears of the world to to get inside of me, but we don't ignore it. We don't act like it's not happening. You see, there's a difference there, okay? But um, now last time we left off talking about the, the man who has the slack hand becomes poor. Go to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 
chapter 10. Believe with me now, guys. Proverbs chapter 10. In verse 4, you guys there? It says, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. You guys remember that? And last time we read it, we were excited about that scripture. <laughs> we weren't excited, not because we're going to be the person with a slack hand, but we were excited because if we're diligent, we can be rich. Okay? Now, this is not just... All the word of God goes together, okay? All of it has to go together. Um, it's the Lord who gives us the power to get wealth. It's the Lord who gives us the ability. But we believe that, and so our faith puts, puts our action to work. We, we act upon what we believe because we believe the word of God, all right? And we know it comes from the Lord, and... Um, we do what the Lord says, but his word is true. If we are diligent and we do what the Lord tells us to do, man, we're going to be blessed. We're going to prosper. You cannot be diligent and not prosper. Eventually, you will prosper. You cannot do what the Lord told you to do and not have any success. Then something's not right. If we do what the Lord told us to do, if we put our hand to what God told us to do, we'll see some blessing. We'll see some prosperity. We'll see some uh, goodness in our lives because the Lord is faithful. And we were excited about this because we're, we know that we are on our way to becoming some of the most diligent people the Lord has ever seen, that the Lord can look at. And that's, that pleases God. That pleases God when we walk by faith and we're doing something just because we believe his word. We see his word and we say, I'm going to do it. That pleases the Lord. Faith pleases God. And I think it's Smith Wigglesworth that said that believing God will cause God to, to bypass a million people to get to the person that's in faith. And don't quote, he didn't probably say exactly like that, but that is the idea that he'll bypass a million people to do something for the person that's believing him to trust him because faith pleases him. Faith pleases him. And when we are doing something just because we believe the Lord's word, man, he'll bless us. He'll reward us. That's what the Bible says, right? That without faith, it's impossible to please him. Um, and those that believe God must come and believe he's a reward of those that diligently seek him, I'm trying to say. But um, I want us to notice something here in verse, that verse, same verse. It says, he who has a slack hand becomes poor. He who has a slack hand, that word slack is the same word that is deceit. It's the same word for deceitful and treacherous. Okay, it's the same uh, Hebrew word for deceit and deceitful that it is, you know, that word slack. It actually was translated more times deceit, deceitful and um, deceitfully more times than it is slack or idle or slothful. It's actually that same word is translated more times deceit, deceitful, and deceitfully. Okay? In the book of Hosea, so, so it says, you could read it this way, he who has a deceitful hand becomes poor. 
but the hand of the diligent makes rich. You could also read it that way. And we'll get into that a little bit. Hosea 7 says this. You don't have to turn there, but I'm just going to read it for you. Hosea 7 in verse 13, it says, Woe unto them, for they have fled from me. Now, now the Lord is talking to unfaithful Israel, okay, his unfaithful people. And you'll see that in the book of Hosea. He's talking to unfaithful Israel. Israel was unfaithful a lot of the times. I mean, they, he'd tell them to do something, they wouldn't do it. They worship other gods, then they repent, and then they would go through the cycle of being unfaithful again, okay? And he said, woe unto them, for they have fled from me. Destruction unto them, because they have transgressed against me. Though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. And then he goes on to say, they rebel against me, Though I have rebound, though I have bound and strengthened their arms, yet do they imagine mischief against me. Just pay attention. They return, but not to the most high. They are like a deceitful bow, a deceitful bow. Now, what would be a deceitful bow? What is a deceitful bow? A deceitful bow. Think about that. I want you thinking, actively thinking with me, okay? Well, we see in movies, right, where there people use a bow. You guys know what I'm talking about, a bow. I'm not talking about a bow tie, but a bow, like a bow and arrow, okay? You know, we've seen movies where people use bows, right? Bows and arrows, you know, Hawkeye or um, Legolas or whoever. <laughs> I'm just thinking of some characters, you know, but today we could say uh, people still use bows today. I mean, you know, you can go to... Uh, what's that store called? Um, Bass Pro, whatever, and you can find some bows there. But you know, we could also use the word gun, deceitful gun, or deceitful rifle. What would that mean? It's a deceitful rifle or a deceitful bow. I mean, you it, you thought that it would do what it was going to do. You thought that it would hit the intended target, right? You thought that it would protect you. You thought that it would kill the hunt that you would after you were after. But after further examination, what? It didn't do what it pretended or portrayed that it was going to do. You guys see that? It's a deceitful bow. It did not at all do what it was advertising that it was going to do, and you couldn't rely on it. You couldn't depend on that. And you see this with deceitful people is that deceitful people, they are, they are lazy, they are slack, and you cannot depend on them. They are portraying something that is really not what they are. They're portraying an image that is really not who they are. They are trying to make it look and appear a, a, a certain way, but it's not that way at all. They're really not doing what they advertise to do, okay? And these are the type of people, they use scams, they use trickery, they use deceit to make money, to build you know, a business. You know? So you, 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 know, you go on their website, and they're advertising a certain product and they show before and after, but it's all fake and phony. It's all deceit. They are using pictures from some other company or from some other website. Or you, uh, you know, look on their website and they got all these reviews, but these reviews are just fake and they're scams. There's phony. You guys know that stuff goes on. You can't just trust 
a website, uh, you know, if you're looking to purchase something just because they have reviews, don't believe that stuff. I mean, it could be real. There could there could be a company with, you know, there are good companies out there. But do your research. Look up, you know, do a do a search, uh, internet search for that particular company and see what they're, you know, if they're real, if they're legit. Look up on the Better Business Bureau website. You guys know what that is, the BBB. Look up that, and they'll tell you if these company, you know, about these companies and what complaints are against these companies. You don't just read look at something and especially if it looks too good to be true like wow i can buy this for this amount and don't just believe it right away i mean it could be but there's a lot of deceit out there there's a lot of trickery out there and um how does this go with not be with with not being diligent well when you're lazy and you're not diligent you have to resort to trickery you have to resort to being deceitful to make money. You guys see that? You have to do things to trick people into buying your product. You know, you, you, you need to be very careful. Uh, this is just word to the wise. You need to be very careful about these type of things, about people that promise you money, promise you a job, promise you things, but you first got to send them some money. You first got to wire them some money. You know, I've seen people get taken advantage of. I've seen people that they're looking for a job, but first they had to wire them a certain amount of money to, you know, be basically put on their payroll or something like that. And it was, you know, $100, $200 and they did it and nothing ever came about it. You know, you, you got to be careful about it. if it seems like, wait a minute, you know, this, stuff, you know, because it sounds great. Start off making seven hundred dollars your first day. You're like, wow. OK, yeah, I, I like that, you know. And, and then it says, but to start the process, application process, you got to send this amount of money and stuff. You, you shouldn't have to pay to apply for a job. OK, so and there's different things I've seen different all different types of scams out there that i've seen that people have gotten taken advantage of that people have lost houses over they've lost um uh you know they've got evicted from places to live because of deceit because of other people trying to make quick money they're trying to deceive i mean i've seen uh, I'm not going to get into the details about it but uh, you know i was involved not myself personally but People that try to take advantage of me and use me, that's what I meant my involvement in it, is that, that they try to take advantage of me. And then I get a call from a company, from a, you know attorney, are you sitting down? You got to hear what was going on. I'm like, whoa, okay, that's crazy. Yeah, let's get out of this. Let's not be a part of that. Um, it, but people will use deceit and the scam and trickery because why? They don't want to work hard. They don't want to be diligent. So they're looking for quick ways to get rich when it's there are no quick ways to get rich. OK, if you're going to do it God's way. All right. You're not going to get rich quick just by tricking somebody and deceiving somebody. OK, you guys hear me? You go. There's no such thing as getting quick or getting rich quick. All right. If it's something seems too good to be true. 
It probably is a lot of the times when you're looking at something. Now, I'm not talking about God can't do something for you and he can't do something and he can do something for you quick. But most of the time, you know, it's because he can add stuff to you. Don't get me wrong. He can add stuff to you. But you are most of the time you do not just, um, you know, do something without any work, without any labor, without putting your hand to something and boom, millionaire for the rest of your life. Okay. That is not the way things are with God. He will give you something and put your, give you, put something in your hand and you need to be faithful with it. You need to be diligent with it. Okay. Now, of course, if you do that, you can pass that on to your children and, and yeah, they may be blessed, but somebody was diligent somewhere. Somebody put their hand to something somewhere. Somebody was faithful with what God gave them. Okay. And because of that, they're able to leave an inheritance. Like the Bible says, a good man leaves an inheritance, but there was some diligence somewhere. There was somebody doing something. There was no deceit and trickery involved when God blesses you, when God promotes you. Okay. Even if you're, even if you're being faithful in the prison, like Joseph, even if you're um, in or in the prison, like Joseph or in the pit, uh, like Joseph, but you are diligent, you are still faithful to the Lord. Yeah. You are still putting your hand to something and being diligent and then he can prosper you, but it's no deceit and trickery of all. You guys see that? Okay. Um, And you have the Holy spirit. If something doesn't seem right, to you, if you're unsure, man, then check in with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, show me if this is right or wrong. And don't move forward until you have a peace about something. Don't move forward until you know, um, okay, this is right. Don't make a decision out of pressure. All right. Now I, I've seen, I was seeing somebody recently. We're talking about, um, you know, the the lazy person. It has a deceitful hand. I was seeing somebody recently on social media, <laughs> they were posting something. I don't know. I think they were thought they were given advice, whatever, but they were saying, if you're applying for a job and it requires a certain experience, just lie and say you have that experience. Just make up a job or say you've done this for years. And I saw other people. Now, this was a Christian. You know, and I saw other people. Now, you don't know this person. And I saw other people like, oh, yeah, I do that all the time. And I did that for this job and I got it. And I've done that before. People are saying, yeah, I've done that plenty of times. And the thing is, I don't it's amazing that you have to talk to Christians about this stuff, that you even have to say that. But I think that some Christians justify things in their mind. They really do, because these people were like, I've done that before. And I've gotten a job. I just told them that I have five years of this computer experience. They didn't have that at all. They're just making up stuff and they justify it in the mind because they say things like, well, the man don't care about us. No way is the system is broken. It's against us. So they justify it in their mind that, hey, we got to do this to get ahead because it's all against us. Now, does that sound like faith to you? Does that sound like faith in God? Does that sound like some type of special circumstantial faith that God responds to? You know, does God say, wow, 
That is awesome. You applied for that job and you got it because you told a lie. He was like, you really stuck it to the man. Good for you. I'm proud of you. I'm going to promote you and bless you, my child. Does God do that? No, that's not faith. I mean, God cannot violate his word. He already said that the person who has a slack hand will become poor or the person that has a deceitful hand. You might have got away with it with them. You might have deceived them and they hired you, but you eventually what you sow, you will reap. You will be found out. You cannot just get away with deceit, especially as a believer, and think that you are not going to have issues. You are opening the door to the devil in your life. You are opening the door and giving him access. When the Bible talks about that the devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, well, these are the type of people he can devour, the people that are disobeying God and are unrepentant about it. They're not repenting. They're like, hey, I justify because the man don't care about us. So I'm going to lie and say, yep, I got all this. I went to this college and just make stuff up. That is not God. And that is not faith in God. And we don't do that. See, we don't use trickery and deceit. We trust God and we get to work. We be we're diligent. We you know, if if it requires some experience, we're going to be diligent to get that experience. If that's what the Lord is telling us to do. You guys know what I'm talking about, but we're going to be diligent and get to work. We're not going to just lie to get ahead. We're not going to use deceit and trickery to get ahead. We're going to do it God's way and his way requires some diligence as well as some faith. Right. You know, What will keep us from doing something like that is what we talked about before, doing it wholeheartedly unto the Lord. That will keep us from using deceit, from using trickery. We must not ourselves use any type of trickery to get people to to give to the ministry. I'm not going to use trickery. I'm not going to use deceit. I'm not going to come up here. Oh, my gosh, guys. Oh, let's tell you a sad story that is not true to get you guys to give. No, to get anybody to give. That's not, we will not use trickery and deceit. God cannot bless that. God cannot bless a ministry. He cannot bless us individually if we are using deceit. And we have to be on guard for that because that's what the enemy wants. He wants to get in a foothold in our lives and in our finances. And he wants us to use deceit. You know, don't we, we cannot use deceit. We have to be on guard for any type of trickery and deceit when it comes to finances, because that's a major part of our lives, right? Finances. Finances are is a huge part of our lives and we must not do anything to get to to get some type of financial gain. That's lying on taxes. That's lying on any type of thing to 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 get some type of financial benefit from it. But if we are diligent people and we are doing things unto the Lord, we're going to ask the Lord, Lord, uh, I want to make, I'm doing this unto you, Lord, as you fill out the application, I want to make sure I'm honest, Lord, with what they're requiring of me. What, what are they asking? I want to answer these questions. Now, I, I, I understand that you are, uh, with, when it comes to filling out an application, that you are not 
preaching, you are not telling them about the Lord. You're telling them about yourself. Okay. So you are telling them honestly about your experience and you're selling yourself, you know, sort of speak, but we are still doing that unto the Lord. We are still, you know, doing that honestly and accurately to the best of our ability. Okay. You know, um, but we need to be diligent to check up on ourselves. Am I doing this unto the Lord? Everything, everything. You know, we were talking about last, uh, we were talking about starting this new year, taking inventory of our lives. Well, that's one of the things that we need to do is take inventory about what we're doing. Are we doing it unto the Lord? Can I say, man, I'm honestly doing this unto the Lord. I, you know, when I have no, nothing in my heart that is, feels wrong about this, I am doing this unto the Lord. I am honest before the Lord and that pleases the Lord when we do that. Okay. So, uh, you know, we're diligent. We're not using deceit. We're not using trickery. Okay. We are people of faith. We're trusting God. Even if, if we don't have the experience and, you know, they want that type of experience. Well, we're going to trust the Lord to get us something different or to open the door for us that they'll say, Hey, we want to bring you in anyway. We want to, I've seen that. I've had a friend that he was telling me recently that he didn't have the experience that they wanted for that job. He started at a lower level and then immediately start learning, you know, relatively quickly start learning the job that he really wanted. And now he's doing that, getting paid what everybody else is getting paid. But he didn't have to lie. He came by the honest way. He let the Lord work it out. He, he just put his hand and was to it and was diligent. He worked hard. He didn't lie to get his way. Now, another thing, another aspect of this, uh, of the person who is not diligent, of the person who is deceitful, is that they have deceived themselves and deceived themselves and continue to deceive themselves for why things are the way they are. They will deceive themselves regarding why things are the way they are in their lives. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24, and we're going to go to verse 30. And, um, you see, a lot of the Proverbs, there's a lot of wisdom in Proverbs. I was reading the Proverbs this morning. We're making sure we read our chapter every day, our chapters. Where are we at right now besides the Proverbs and where are we at? Anybody know? We, we all should know. Revelation. Revelation. Make sure we're reading our chapters. Start off the new year, reading our chapters, feeding on the Word of God daily. But uh, there's so much wisdom in Proverbs. I, you know, I was reading our chapter this morning before I started studying. And um, man, it's talking about the, the, the wise, the wisdom of, the, uh, of Proverbs and how it yields fruit. It's fruitful. Wisdom, there's fruit in the wisdom of God. If we want to have a fruitful life, we want to have the wisdom of God. If we want to have a life that bears some fruit, we need God's wisdom. You know, and, and, and the interesting thing is these Proverbs uh, have been in, in to a degree in, some, in our culture 
and people don't even know about it, but they're living by some of these proverbs, some of the wisdom of God and didn't know about it just because it's been ingrained in society for so long, especially when a country has had its founding in the things of God. Um, not, that doesn't mean that we've this country has done everything right. We know we haven't, but when there has been people that founded, uh, that were Christian and they made the word of God their foundation, well, that's going to be ingrained in the culture to a degree. Okay. Now we've gotten away from some things a lot, but we are still doing some things because of the word of God and the wisdom of God. And some things are just in place. But it says in verse 30, I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was all grown over with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. Now, what what is verse 31 saying? Um, uh, It was surface surface was covered with. Was it saying you're anybody have the NIV or a different version? Huh? Weeds. Okay. Yep. It's stone wall was broken down. Now, does this sound like a person of faith house? Does this sound like a man of God's house, a woman of God's house? You heard, you, you, you know, there's a man of God you admire, you respect, and you go to their house and the fence is tore down and full of weeds everywhere. What would you think? Would you automatically think like, wow, this is a man of faith that lives here. This is a man of God. Weeds everywhere. Everything's overgrown. You know, weeds five foot tall. You know, you wouldn't think that, right? You wouldn't think, man, what a f- man of faith. Well, should what about you? What about us? Should people look at us and things broken down, things, um, you know, weeds? And that, that's just an example we can apply, when we read this stuff, we want to apply it to our personal lives. We want to look at our lives and say, okay, what's broken down in my life? What looks, you know, disorganized and what isn't being taken care of in my life? Do people, would people look at me and say, what a man of God, look at that trashy vehicle he drives, but I know that is a man of God right there. You know, we have to think about these things. We have to apply it to our lives. We don't just read it and just say, oh, that was great. I read my chapter for today. No, let's apply, we apply it to our lives, okay? You know, real, real faith people, real spiritual people, as we've been saying, are diligent people, okay? Um, if you're expecting God to do something in your life, if you're expecting God to bless you, you're going to be diligent. You're going to do what he told you to do because you're expecting from him. Faith without works is dead. But go, let's finish. Verse 32. When I saw it, I considered it well and looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler or a thief and your need like an armed man. Now, I want you to see the picture here, okay? See the picture that the, the, the wisdom of Proverbs is painting. They're not saying that they are not going to do it. They're not saying that they're not going to fix the fence. They're not saying that they're not going to get the weeds out of there. But what are they saying? 
What are they saying? You guys, you're, you're following me, right? Okay. They, they see everything overgrown. They see the thorns. They see the weeds. They see the broken down fence. But then it says, when I saw it, I considered it well and looked at it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest. So shall your poverty come on you like a thief and your need like an armed man. So they see everything going on. But what do they say when they see it? What are they saying within themselves? Think with me now, guys. You guys think. Yes, exactly. Not now. They're saying not now. They're saying not right now. Just a little bit more sleep. Yeah, I know. Everything's full of weeds. I know the fence is broken down and. You know, that probably let in some people and let in some animals that I don't want in my yard or in my house or on my property. But, hey, I'm tired right now. Not right now. A little bit more sleep. You know, they see they see this is overgrown over here. They see this is broken over here. And they're like, yeah, uh, you know, not right now. I, I'm a, a, just a little bit more sleep. Just a little bit more sleep. <laughs> you see, so the little folding of the hands. What is that? Folding of the hands to rest. <laughs> so shall your poverty come on you like a thief. I mean, that's how quick it can happen. Is that you just say, man, let me just, let me keep resting here. And then here's the thing is that by saying, uh, you know, just a little bit more rest, they're acknowledging, think about this, they're acknowledging that the stuff needs to be done. They're acknowledging that it's wise to take care of this stuff. They're acknowledging, yeah, it's wise to get rid of the weeds. It's wise to, you know, repair the broken fence. It's wise to take care of this, but a little bit more rest. See, they're not saying I'm not going to do it. So they're acknowledging that it needs to be done, but they're saying a little bit more rest, a little bit more. And they have deceived themselves. Why have they deceived themselves? Because they keep telling themselves that they need a little bit more rest. And they keep saying that. And they keep saying that. But the thing is, your flesh will continue to want more rest. A little turns into a lot. And usually you never get to what you thought you were going to get to. You cannot ask your flesh and bargain with your flesh. If you say flesh, what do you think? Uh, just a little bit more rest. Okay, yeah, a little bit more rest. Okay, uh, you know it has. You know some things need to get done, and then you think about it again. Okay, flesh, what, what do you think? Oh, I need a little bit more rest. Now you're not. You don't actually ask yourself that, but that's what's happening. You are thinking about what the flesh wants, and you're like, yeah, the flesh wants to just lay around a little bit more and not take care of it. Now you do need some time to rest, but this is your way of life. This is every day. This is who you are. This is what you have become. It's just a person that never gets anything done. And they deceive themselves that, that they're going to do something that they never get around to. Okay? Think or keep this in your mind. Never negotiate with your flesh. You crucify your flesh. You never negotiate with it. All right? You don't check the flesh to see how it feels to do something you know you're supposed to do to do something you know that needs to be done you never negotiate with the flesh you know don't get in the habit of not fixing things of letting things go 
Okay. Things will get worse and worse if you do that. You know, you, you get home and you go to your room, you pull up to the house and you see, oh, this needs to be fixed and that needs to be taken care of, but you never get around to it because you're tired. You're like, don't, and you see that that is a poverty, you know, mindset. It's depressing. It's depressing when you see something that needs to be taken care of and you just keep putting it off. It's discouraging. It's discouraging when things pile up. It is just, it, it looks like, oh man, oh, I need to take care of this. You guys see what I'm saying? Don't let things just keep piling up. Don't let things just keep going and going and you don't take care of it. You know, I know recently we got some uh, new furniture items. And so we are reorganizing our room to, to make it fit, you know, so that it looks nicer. And we were looking at one of our bookshelves and Clarice was like, mm, I don't like the way that looks. We need to get some bins so I can organize that because uh, that is a distraction. I don't like to look at it basically. And that's what happens. It, 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 it helps when things are organized, when things are fixed, when things are the way they're supposed to be. I know that's how I am. I do not like disorganization because that is not the way God is. That doesn't please God at all. God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. You think we can get to heaven? Things are going to be broken. There's going to be a broken water fountain over there. Oh man, that needs to be fixed. Hopefully someday somebody will get to it. Maybe one of the angels or something. Your things are going to be broken. They're going to be, you know, crumbs all on the ground from after eating food and stuff like that, after eating the meal. It's, God is a God of order. Things are in place. Things are organized. And if we're becoming more like God, we're going to be like that. <laughs> you know, you're, there was a saying, what is that? Cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> now, nah, it's not a scripture, but there is some truth to that. There is some truth to that, that. If you are if you are wanting to be like God and you are seeking to be more like him, you're not going to get more sloppy and more lazy and things around you are not going to be broken and fixed and piled up dishes and and piled up dirty clothes and things like that. That is not God's way. If you're diligent and you're spiritual, man, you're getting you get things done. You know, when I come home, I don't throw my clothes here. And then the next day I throw my clothes here. And then a week, the end of the week, I got a pile of clothes, pile this high. You get home, you take it off, you hang it up or whatever you got to do. You, you, you do things right away. You get it done. Okay. And, you know, I, I remember growing up, I, I lived next to a, um, in our house, our yard backed up to another yard. All right. Now we had a privacy fence. It was a wooden privacy fence. And um, every now and then, you know, a piece of wood would fall off the fence or something and you need to go nail it back up or um, you need to get on the ladder to do something on the garage or something. And you would see over the fence into their yard. Okay. And man, they had a massive, huge collection of junk. It was just junk everywhere. They had junk cars, cars that were just in the, I'm talking about in the backyard. Like they had cars in their backyard that they never used. Um, they had 
washers and dryers and machines and appliances and just pieces of cars here, like a bumper and tires. And I mean, it was like, man, and the front of your, their yard was kind of like that too. It had stuff. It was all, everything was all overgrown. Exactly a picture of what this is talking about. Now, what, why would they tell you that it was like that? They would say because of money or something. No, but that's not true. It's because of not being diligent. It's because of not having any faith and not having any vision and having wrong priorities. Why would you? They don't realize they're living in a poverty mentality. Now, I'm not judging any, anyone um, because people are ignorant, but this is what you see in the inner cities. I mean, this is how I grew up. I didn't know this, but what do you see everywhere? Trash everywhere, right? Places where there's the most crime, most violence. What do you see? Everything is overgrown. Nothing is trimmed. Nothing looks well kept. Uh, and there's trash all over the place. And they'll say, oh, it's because we don't have the money to do it. But that's not true, though. Because, is, first of all, is that even faith? Is that even faith? What does faith do? Faith will act like Hey, the Lord is going to provide. He's going to take care. He's going to do things for us that we can't do for ourselves, but he's going to come through. He's going to bless. He's going to prosper us. So you take care of and you put your hand to something and you're diligent. Faith is not just lazy and waiting for God to just cause something to happen. Faith does not just sit there and say, well, I'm waiting for the money. As soon as the money comes, then, I'll, then things will look nice. No, then it's never going to happen. Because that's not how it works. Faith sees the temporary and faith acts like, hey, I act like the word of God is true right now. I act like I am blessed right now. I don't, I'm not going to wait till I get something nice before I start treating what, with what, I, what I have right now as though God gave it to me. Because he did in most cases. And a lot of times he's giving you something small to test you. See, are you going to be faithful with that? Are you going to be diligent with that? Because you're not ready for something nice if you're not taking care of what he's already given you. You guys see that? You know, but this stuff, this reveals where we are spiritually as well. You know, like I'm saying, you, I looked in there, you look in their yard and you can, that's not, a, that's not diligence. Now, I don't know what was going on in their lives. That's why I say it's not for us to judge. But we can know that, hey, that's just, that is not God's best. Chaos, things disorganized, things broken, that is a living in poverty and that's living in depression. Think about that, right? You look at that every day, you, that does not excite you. That does not motivate you. I've heard of many um, you know, people say well-known, successful ministers and even people that are not saved. They say, surround yourself with beautiful things. Why? Because it inspires you. It inspires you. It motivates you. When you look around and everything is, is you know, trashed in your house, trashed in your room, that does not inspire you to want to draw close to God. That doesn't want to inspire you to work. That doesn't want to inspire you to do anything. That one, that just, it's just, you don't, you may not even realize what's going on. Like I said, I was ignorant of this stuff because I grew up 
in the inner city and you saw I saw trash all around and stuff. I had to get a different vision, though. I had to see something different. And when you see something different, you realize, wow, I could have that. But if you if that's all you're looking at, that's what you're expecting. And that's what's going to continue to happen. That's why it's important to be diligent. It's important to be organized. It's important to put your, you know, to fix what needs to be fixed and not just let things stay broken and just for long periods of time. You, you guys follow me? Yeah. Because this is God's way. This is not just something I'm making up. This is the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. This is not an article that we're reading. We're reading the word of God. People will say, yeah, but you don't know our situation. That's not why things are the way. It's money and nobody's helping us. The government and, you know, we, you know, we don't have the right education. We don't have the help. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if you're diligent, he'll make you rich. He'll prosper us. He'll bless us. Now, I, now like I said, we're not judging. We're not throwing stones because we've been there ourselves. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't grow up rich. I, didn't, I, under, I completely understand. You don't know these things. You don't see these things. But it still is a lack of vision. It still is a lack of diligence. And it still is a lack of faith. Because faith is looking to God. Faith is not saying, man, we don't have the right education. Faith is not looking at the government to take care of us. Faith is looking to God. And what is God's way? What does God say about this? Okay. God is, God's will is not for us to have things broken, things, you know, not fixed, you know, things not painted, things looking like trash, you know, the, the, Tires on our wheels are just bald. You know, everything's busted up, you know, holes all in the wall and stuff. That's not God's will. No, what is God's will? God's will is for us to have good, to have the best, to have, you know, nice looking houses, nice yard, nicely landscaped, right? Nicely everything fixed. Everything looking good, everything freshly painted, not things all dingy and busted up. That's not God's will. That's not God's way. You always need to be thinking, wait a minute. You know, what is it like in heaven? Because God said his will on earth as it is in heaven. Think about that. You always need you always have to do that. Is God is this how it is in, in heaven? Is this how it is in God's environment where he lives? Well, then he doesn't want that for me either. He doesn't want it like that for me. Now, you may say, well, but if I had something nice, then it would be nice. The thing is, you don't wait till something's nice. You do with it what you can. You treat it as though you are going. It is nice and you're going to get something better eventually. But even if you can't get something new, you do what you can with it. You fix it. You repair. We, We do that. We don't just, you know, if something breaks, we don't just immediately say, oh, time to get a new one. Man, I look, okay, can I fix this? Can I repair it? Man, we had to do that recently on our Keurig. You know, something busted, something broke. Man, I got out the super glue. (laughs) I don't just let it stay there for weeks and not use it and say, man, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's broken. What can we do? And just leave that broken and then something else breaks. Uh, Oh, well. And then we have broken things all over the house. That's a poverty mentality. No, we are diligent. We do with it what we can. If it gets to the point now, you know, 
some things, of course, you may need to replace. But what my point is, is that you are diligent. You take care of things. You do with it what you can and take it as far as you can until it comes to the point where, yep, that needs to be replaced now. And by then, the Lord is prospering and blessing you because you're acting in faith. You're putting your hand to something. Do you guys see that? Um, it says this, you know, God specializes in taking people from nothing and making them into something. And it says this in Psalms 113.7, he raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the dung hill. The New Living Translation of that same verse says he lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. See, see, God specializes in that. He specializes in taking people that were nothing and making them into something. Now, everybody is something. Everybody has a call and purpose. But I'm talking about you had nothing. You were doing nothing. He specializes in that. But you can't just sit there and lay around with, you know, and not do nothing and not and just be lazy and think, it's, he's, he can make you into something. No, you got to give him something to work with. And that's what faith does. Faith works with the Lord. Faith puts his hand to something. Faith is up and gets ready. Why do you get up and get ready? Maybe you don't have a job. Faith gets up and gets ready because I'm expecting to get a job. So I'm applying. I'm putting my hand to something. I'm doing what I can do because I'm expecting. You're not waiting for a job to fall from the sky. That's not faith. That's stupid. Faith is putting their hand to something, okay? Um, Ecclesiastes 10.18 says, because of laziness, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. <laughs> Think about that. Again, people, people don't like to hear this stuff, but we're reading scripture. Why is the building rotting? Why is the building falling apart? Because laziness. Is that what it says, right? Ecclesiastes is full of wisdom. It says the building is falling apart because of laziness and the and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. You know, uh, like I said, people don't like a, like when you talk about this stuff. But if we're believing God that he can do beyond us, do bigger and better, then we are being faithful with what he's already given us. And it's not faithful to just let things go. You know, actually, some people probably need to have some stuff taken from them because they're not doing anything with what God has already given them. And isn't that what we read about with the parable about the talents where the Lord gave the one, uh, you know, one talent, the guy with the one talent didn't do anything with his talent, right? He hid it under the earth. And what did the Lord do with it? He took it from him. That needs to happen sometimes to people because they're not doing anything with what God gave them. And because of that, they're wondering, why am I not blessed? Why am I not prospering? They're waiting for something to happen. Well, you're not being diligent at all with what God has given you. And so all of us have to look at ourselves and we're not judging other people, but there's answers in the word of God. There's answers why things are the way they are. Like I said, people have deceived themselves until, you know, they've deceived themselves concerning why something is the way it is. They deceive themselves. 
what's laziness. It's not having the right vision. It's not having faith. It's having the wrong priorities. Okay. I mean, you know that too. I mean, sometimes you see, um, you know, people that things can be broken all around them, but they're putting money in their shoes and money in their clothes. I mean, I, I know people like this, grew up with people like this, that man, they may have busted car or, you know, th things may not be right in their house. Things may be broken in their house. They may have leak here. <laughs> they may have rotting fence here and all that. But man, they got on the new Jordans. So, hey, they're cool. They're happy. But that's wrong priorities. And that's not being faithful. And that's not being diligent. And we're not going to be that way, right? We're not going to be uh, lazy people. We're not going to be people that let things go and just live in poverty. And this also applies spiritually. You know, um, he's talking about weeds are overgrowing, fences that need to be fixed. We are also the garden. Our hearts are also a garden. The Bible talks about in Matthew. It talks about the seed sown in our heart. Well, if we are spiritual and being diligent, that we are going to be cultivating our heart continuously. Say, when can I stop being diligent? Never. You can never stop being diligent. If you have a house, you're always going to have to pull weeds. You're always going to have to cut the grass. You're always going to have to paint. You're always going to have to fix things. So just might as well get used to it now. If something breaks, don't be like, oh, no, what happened? You know, and think, hey, it's part of life. You're always going to have to be diligent. You're always something. I, if you have a car, it's going to need fixing at some point. Something's going to need to be done. You can't get frustrated and aggravated. I know sometimes it could be at an inconvenient time that can, you know, be an annoyance. But you just might as well understand as long as I'm on this earth, I'm going to have to be diligent. And in heaven, we're going to have to be diligent as well. But spiritually, we have to be diligent. We can't let weeds, we can't let the sins and the issues of the heart just grow without doing anything about it. You know, naturally, if you want to be fruitful, if you want to have a great garden, let's just say you're going to plant a vegetable garden. Now, I, you guys, I know you've never planted a vegetable garden, but as a young boy, I did plant a vegetable garden with not just me, but with my parents. We planted a vegetable garden. You planted a vegetable garden too before, right? Yeah. So we had vegetables. We had tomatoes and cucumbers, and I used to go out there and help my mom, and we had to pick weeds and plant and fertilize, different things like that. Um, but um, you had to pick... If you want to have a successful garden, if you want it to produce fruit that you can actually eat, well, you have to take care of that garden. You just can't plant a seed and just leave it and not be diligent. No, we had to get the weeds. For first, we had to plant the seed, put good soil, mulch or whatever you have to do, water, and then you have to be diligent to pull the weeds. Why? Because weeds can, they can harbor diseases. They can harbor insects and those insects can destroy your vegetable garden or any type of, you know, it's, it, it can destroy. And weeds also can be a haven or a place of shelter for unwanted pests. So you always had to pull the weeds and that was a continuous thing. Weeds don't just grow once and then whew, got those weeds out of there and never have to deal with weeds again. No, you know, weeds, they'll, they, they're fast. They, it seems like they spring up. You pull them one day and you go back up. Man, there's some more weeds out there. And that's the way it is with our heart. 
We have to be diligent to weed, to get the things out of the, the garden that aren't supposed to be there. We have to be diligent to make sure the wall protecting us and keeping things that are wrong out of our lives is fixed, is repaired. We don't just let things crumble and fall apart. You guys see that? This has spiritual application as well. But that's, what, that's why we're saying that how you are outside does reveal what's going on inside. Because when you are, when things are going uh, right inside, when you're diligent about guarding your heart and about uh, taking care of things inside of you, it's going to show up outside of you. Amen. But, you know, we don't need to look at where we are now. Faith sees beyond that. Faith says, you know what? I'm going to have the nice stuff. I'm going to have what God wants. Faith is saying, man, God can take me out of out of the gutter and put me up and within a palace. God can take me out of this little trashy house and put me in a nice big house. I'm going to be diligent with what I got. And God's going to promote me and bless me. I'm not going to deceive others. I'm not going to deceive myself. I'm going to put my hand to something. That's what faith does. Faith looks at what God is going to do and believe it and puts it to action, puts its uh, self to work because you are believing, hey, God is going to come through. God is going to do what he said he is going to do in my life. And I trust him and I believe him. Let me, I'm going to just tell you the story. I wasn't going to tell you the story. Um, uh, but I heard the story that Brother Hagen had told um, to, uh, I, I believe, some of his closest ministers that were under him. And he told this story about a, now this was a, about a man he knew that was a wealthy man. And back in his time, they didn't have just banks everywhere where you can go get a loan. There were rich people that other people went to and borrowed money from. They, they were the bank, basically. They got loans from individual people. And he knew this one rich man that everyone in town pretty much owed money to. Everyone had their farm, um, their house. He um, had the loan on it. You guys follow me? So, um, but this was like a, a farming community. Well, one year passed and they had a drought. Two years passed, they had a drought. Three years passed, they had a drought. There was a drought for three years. So for three years, people are um, they're, you know, planting seed, getting, you know, buying soil, doing what they need to do, buying all the things they need to buy to have a, uh, you know, crop and no crop for three years, no harvest. Cause there's no rain or anything. Well, you can't sell vegetables. You can't, you know, make a living if you don't have that, right. If you don't have the harvest and stuff. So, um, what was happening was because people didn't have enough money, not even just to, you know, pay the interest. So some people just left. They left the house, they left their stuff and just went somewhere else and just let everything go. Um, and, uh, you know, because they didn't have the money to pay it. And he took the property back, this rich man, you know, repossessed it and sold it and, and, and so forth. Um, and, you know, there was a church, you know, he came to the church that, the people of that church, the pastors, um, owed him for the loan. And he said, they said, well, we don't have the money, you know. And he said, the pastor said, surely you're not going to take the church. And he said, oh, yeah, I'll take the church. He said, I'll turn it into a barn or something. I'll figure it out. And he took the church. You know, people didn't have the money. Well, one man 
He had his property taken from him, but he still kept showing up. He still kept showing up day after day and did the things necessary to, to clean the property. He fixed and repaired the fence. He cleaned out the uh, ditches, ditch banks. I don't know if you guys know what ditch banks are. Ditch banks, you know, ditches are you, where the streams of water can flow. So uh, and you need to cure keep those ditch banks clean and clear of, you know, uh, trees and weeds and stuff that overgrowing them because the water needs to flow out of there. So things around it don't flood. We here have these retention ponds and stuff. Well, if those retention ponds got full of, you know, uh, wood and weeds and stuff like that, there would have, there'd be no way for the water, nowhere for the water to flow. So these ditch banks, needed to be clean. So he come and clean the ditch banks all the time, day after day. He was faithful. He was diligent to do that. He don't even own the property. He already lost the property. But why would he do that? Why would he, why would he do that? Because he believes the word of God. He believes that, hey, if, I do, if I'm diligent and put my hand at something, God's going to take care of me. And even though I don't own this anymore, I'm going to treat it like it's still mine. And one day that rich man came and said, here, here's the deed to this property. Gave it to him free and clear, free and clear. See, God wants to bless his people. He wants to bless us, but he lo he's looking for some diligence. See, we can't be people that live under our circumstances. We need to live above. We, we can't let the circumstances dictate us. We can't let the circumstances tell us what we can and can't do. No, people of faith say, you know what? I don't care what the circumstances are. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm not just going to allow my circumstances to tell me what to do and to tell me how to live. We are not victims. We're victors over our circumstances. And victorious people are diligent people. Our spiritual people are people of faith. And we act on our faith. And we don't just throw up our hands and say, hey, it is what it is. I can't do nothing about it. No, we put our hand to work. And we say, God will come through if I'm faithful to him, if I'm diligent to him, and I do it unto him and I do what I'm doing unto him. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Okay. And God is not a respecter of persons. If he did it for that man and he's done it for other people, if he's ever taken anybody out of the ghetto, if he's taken anyone out of the garbage dump, if he's ever taken anybody out of the projects, out of the hood, out of the dump, he can do it again out of the trailer park, he, trailer park. He will do it again. If he's ever done it for somebody, he is no respecter of persons. He'll do it for us if we're faithful to him, if we put faith to work. Amen. Amen. So let's thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, if we're diligent, you will be faithful to us. You're faithful to your word, Father. You are faithful to do what you said you would do. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to resort to deceit or trickery, Father God. You will bless us. You will increase us. And we are trusting you, Father. We're trusting you, Lord. We're trusting you, Lord. We're trusting you, Father. We're trusting you. Let's say this, Father God, if there has been an area that I have been slack, that I've used deceit to get ahead, to gain financially, help me to see it, Lord. I don't want to do that. I want to be blessed by you. And I know you cannot bless deceit and lying 
and trickery. I want to be a bow that you can use that's reliable, that's dependable, that people can trust, that you can trust. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for showing me, for revealing it to me. But we're purposing, Lord, to be diligent. We're becoming more diligent and more faithful to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 We hope this message has encouraged you today. For more information on our ministry or to donate, visit onewayministries.net.